Welcome to the Black Girl Flow podcast, a space dedicated to creating conversation that pushes us to be in alignment and at peace with ourselves and the world around us. We are about cultivating joy, growth, and success in our life, love, and identity. So join us as we find our flow. We are your hosts, Liv and Lex, two 20-something-year-old Black girls working every day to be in flow, and we want you along this journey with us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Black Girl Flow podcast. We hope everybody is having the best of November. Feels like it is going by in a blink of an eye, which just means that 2022 is so close, so, so close. But boy, oh boy, the Black Girl Flow community, we, we've we just been riding this wave with each other. And the good stuff does not stop with the year coming to a close. Liv and I are so excited about having our guest today, Imani. Um, Liv, I think we got to give, we got to put some respect on Imani's name. We got to tell the listeners all what she's all about, how we're about to have this great conversation. And I have a feeling that it is going to bring so much energy and spark so much inspiration for other folks. So Liv, if you want to go ahead and run yes. um, Imani's background for us. Imani Figaro is a 22-year-old Spelman graduate with a love for travel. Her first international trip was at the age of two, and she hasn't stopped since. Over the years, she's traveled to three continents, 15 countries, and 16 U.S. states. She started booking her own travel experiences, and she started helping others help make their travel dreams a reality at the age of 21. Moreover, most of her travel booking experience was gained through her three-month study abroad experience in Europe. After returning home, she was constantly asked travel questions such as, how did you plan such an affordable trip? Where should I go when I visit? Forever. Where should I stay slash eat? In order to answer all of these questions and help with making these dreams a reality, Mogul Mani was created. Imani's interested in finding ways to expose Black and Brown people to the world of travel and breaking stigmas within the Black community around travel. Imani is interested in making travel a realistic dream for the youth and is committed to helping the youth achieve their dreams. In order to help others achieve their travel dreams, the Mogomani Travel Scholarship was created. And this past summer, Mogomani awarded their first travel scholarship. Imani is committed to growing her business and hopefully one day becoming a full-time travel influencer through her various blogs and travel content. Not a lot going on for herself, people. So, Amani, you know how it is. We always do a pulse check. It's just a quick little touch base. How are you doing? How's the year been for you? How are you entering space? So let us know. How's it going for you? I'm feeling very, I guess the word would be grounded right now, especially after this eclipse that we just had. Um, mm. I'm feeling super duper grounded at this point, ready to take a lot of initiative changes that I need to make. So really refreshed, refurbished would be the word. Did you say that you were a Sagittarius? I'm a Leo, but I'm a Leo. Okay, you're a Leo. Okay, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes, I remember that. I'm sure all of our astrology listeners will love that. We always like to do um, little little pull checks, especially as we're entering different seasons. And it's today, I think the first day of Sag. So yeah, we're in that, we're in that um, season right now before we end the year. And Lexi, you're totally right. But I love that you're grounded. And I think that 
as we are moving into the conversation, like I'd love to kind of, you know, see how other people are, are, um, are navigating the end of the year as well. Let's see, how are you feeling? I'm trying to get on Imani's wave. I don't know. That sounded real good. Being grounded, getting some nice new information from the from the, the eclipse. Okay, okay. That feels nice and fresh. Um, I am. I am also weirdly very grounded. I finally moved into my new home, um, and it feels like I'm staying in an Airbnb. It feels not real, <laughs> so hopefully that will come, but um, I'm like overjoyed and it, it feels, I feel super cliche being like in my feels about just like a season of gratitude right now. And like Liv and I have kind of really been reflective of that over the past couple of months because so much is happening. And sometimes when so much is happening, it just reminds me of like the people and the things that give me so much life during busy seasons of life. And um, so I moved in, my boyfriend helped me, his brother helped like, but some of my best friends came and helped. And then like so many beautiful people like came through the space that day. And I just felt like so, just so much love. And sometimes it's tough to accept that love and just let it be what it is. Um, but I'm just coming into the space in the conversation today, just feeling like all up in my feels, like all up in my feels, just being like, this is a new season, a new chapter. And I'm just, it's grounded in love and I can't take it. I can't take it. So that's how I'm entering. How are you doing, Liv? I'm doing well. It's really interesting that ground is grounded is kind of like the theme of the episode this week for me I feel like as Lexi Lexi and I were having a conversation the other day where I was telling her that my creative juices are flowing and she's like you always get this way near your birthday and so that's kind of where I'm at right now like where I kind of want to find a hobby to produce cool stuff and then who knows like how I'll feel after the new year and everything but I feel really like pushed to create right now so I, I'm not sure if that's necessarily grounded per se, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just like, um, I think a mood that I experience in waves. So it's always really exciting as a creative when you, when inspiration strikes, you know, so that's, that's my bullshit. Well, I'm perpetually trying to convince Olivia to come move in with me. So maybe if I make the case that I have all the creative juices, like I got my right. first stock them. So Liv, come come <laughs> the creative juice at my spot. Um, but no, I think this is actually a great segue into the conversation. Come on, run us the script. Tell us just a little bit about the travel consulting platform and really your story of getting that started. Yes. So my Mogamani came about really in 2019, um, right around 2019. And this is, it kind of coincides with like my spiritual journey at the same time. Um, so at the end of 2019 is when I really started Mogamani. Um, and it was just me posting pictures of just like my old trips I had been on from like when I was younger and I had went to Hawaii, Costa Rica. And it was just like circa photos, like literally like flashbacks from my old trips. Um, and right at the end of 2019, I also started my spiritual journey at the same time. And crazy enough, um, my go-to 
um, right around this time was I was about to travel. Um, I was a junior at the time and I was in about to start my second semester of college and I wanted to study abroad. Um, praise God that I did because COVID soon hit after, but <laughs> okay. Um, but right around that time, I was just feeling really heavy. I felt really stagnant. Um, I was talking about how I was doing all this spiritual growth and like not really like seeing it. And I always wanted to study abroad. And because my scholarship kind of covered my tuition from my school and abroad, I was like, why not take this opportunity? Um, so I was like, I'm gonna go to Barcelona, Spain because I was a Spanish minor. Um, so I was just like, what better way to learn Spanish than be immersed in the culture and seeing it all over? You have no choice but to learn it. So I was just like, I'm going to go to Barcelona, Spain for three months. Um, and then I was thinking that would be a great location for me because then I can travel to all these different European countries that I had never been to. So I started off 2020, um, refurbished the Mogulmani page. And it originally started off when I was studying abroad. I was just posting like restaurants and like places I had been. And I was literally just rating them from a scale of one to 10. And I would post a picture of the place, um, the location, ratings, and like my comments on like the places I had been. Um, and that's just it. And I may have thrown on there, like I had created for myself a travel budget sheet that I used for all of the trips that I did when I was abroad because I was living out there off of like my refund. So I had to be really meticulous about how I spent my money, but yet wanted to see all these cool, amazing places um, so really Mogamani just started off as me just kind of posting where I went and like the feedback and the ratings that I had for that. Um, and then after COVID hit and basically my entire page was just tons of like ratings from like London to Lisbon to Paris to... Mm all of these different places in the restaurants in between that I went, I was sitting at home um, after COVID because I had to come back in March um, because of COVID. And I was sitting at home and I was just like, hmm, like I really enjoy travel. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I really enjoy helping other people travel. Like there were so many people that had questions or just really enjoyed just seeing the suggestions that I had for like when they would have a chance to go there they would have ideas of like where to go um and so I was just like what if I started actually booking travel and I have to like look on my Instagram page because sometimes the time like because it moves so fast just really gets behind me of like when I actually started doing it but so after 2020 I was still kind of like doing the same type of process with it. Um, mm -hmm. Still posting where I was going and just the feedback and stuff in the comments and the ratings. And this year, I really sat back more so and was just thinking about this idea of how can I make money doing things I love. Mm. And so that's just kind of how it blossomed. Literally. So like in 2020, it was more so me just like, creating content of just things that I was doing there wasn't really any purpose behind it I was just kind of like putting it out there and like right I, there was just there wasn't really any, any intentionality behind it it was just like here you go 
Um, and this year, I this is another phase of my spiritual journey um, that I got really intentional on. Like, I want to make money doing things I love. Like, I'm not going to do things that I'm not going to work jobs. I'm not going to do things that doesn't make my heart happy. Um, like I said, I'm a Leo. So like the heart organ is like my main thing. Mm-hmm. So like, if I'm not living from my heart, like I'm not happy. Um, so I was just like, what things are you doing right now that you love doing that you can make money from? And at that time I started doing tarot in 2020. Um, I like like doing tarot. Um, I wasn't charging for it either. I was just taking donations in 2020, um, because I was new to it. So I didn't feel comfortable charging. Um, so in 2021, I was like, okay, well now we have to start charging people because we've been doing this for almost a year. And like, so how going to start making your money um and I was like well I love travel and I love helping people travel and this is just like really transparent it's just like booking travel isn't really hard but like the same way people like to get their food delivered like it's not that hard to go to the grocery store but sometimes you just don't feel like it (laughs) like sometimes you just don't feel like driving to the grocery store so somebody has to deliver it because you just don't feel like it um that part part. right we've all been there we've all been there where it's just like the convenience like there if I have if somebody has the resources to make their life more convenient they will um and that's where I come in because it's not really hard to book travel it just takes time but people are busy and like it's convenient to just kind of pay someone to do that for you especially if they have the experience to know about it um so that's where I was just that's the niche that I feel is the conveniency of having just someone that you know and specifically catering to young people I remember I was talking to my mom and she was just like why don't you like cater to people that actually have the money (laughs) to travel um why do you want to cater to young people and I'm like because the people that have the money have already traveled before they've already seen these things before like if you're 30 40 nine times out of ten you've traveled someplace um and I was telling my mom where I want to specifically cater to young people and it's not necessarily about the income of it right right Uh, because I have a stable job on my end that I work um this is really the just something on the side this is like uh, this is the idea of building multiple streams of income (laughs) of course right Um, I I love how your work is directed towards people that look like you are on the same age as you and as a young spiritual black woman how do you feel like traveling impacts like the way that you see the world that's And that's great because I am a Sag rising, right? Mm -hmm. And so travel is like right in there for Sages and that's the way we learn. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the more I understood my chart, the more I understood myself, um, your rising sign kind of rules your entire chart. And so Sag rules mine and like the whole Sag energy of traveling, being here and there and being a philosopher of life. Um, Absolutely. I don't necessarily learn well from books. I learn from people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like the more I traveled, the more I learned, um, the more I understood people, the more I understood culture. Um, traveling really did help me learn and help me learn myself. 
Um, and it really just made me understand how integral travel was for me and for my spiritual journey. Like the only way that I really learn is through human interaction. And right. Doing- and, and what do you feel like are some misconceptions that people might have about people like Black women, young Black women traveling? Because I feel like we're just now, I think, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot more Black women starting to feel more comfortable with the idea of traveling to different spaces. Because I, th- I think that is a really valid concern for Black women. Like, am I going to be safe here? Like, is it, like, is the space that I'm walking into going to impact me negatively? And um, you travel alone and you also help other people. I'm sure you planned so many solo trips and in spaces that people might think, you know, am I, am I welcome here? So how did, what are some of those misconceptions and like, let's just kind of debunk them one by one. Yeah. Let's, let's just, let's just start debunking them. Um, starting with when I started about in Barcelona and when I was in Barcelona in 2020, this was right when we were still in the Trump election phase and all of that. And it's really interesting because I think a lot of people feel like the same type of stigmas that white Americans have about us, like it's a universal thing. Uh, and it's not necessarily not saying that like when I went to Belgium, I didn't experience racism. I definitely experienced racism when I went to Belgium, like the waiter didn't want to feed me um, and he didn't want to come to our table. Um, and it's real. And that's just because anti-blackness is also universal. Um, so that's also a fact but it's also seen in different countries differently. Like when I was in Barcelona, my host family were just like, for one, they thought America was a joke. <laughs> they were just like, this is yeah. this makes sense to me. <laughs> um, like how they didn't understand the election. They were like all these different things. Um, and it's just like the stigma of that. You have to be open to understanding different people. You can't leave the States with the same perception that everybody here is the same as everybody elsewhere because it's not true. Um, There's a lot of like African immigrants that come from Morocco, that come from other African countries that live in Spain. So they've been around black people. Um, Black people first came to Spain. Like black people were the reason Spain is the way it is today. Like without the Moors, Spain wouldn't be the way it is. And they know that. Um, and they're very understanding of that culture that the reason they have oranges is because of the Moors. The reason that their architecture is like this is because of Black people that came there and showed them the, these things. Um, so I think the beauty of when you start to travel is you kind of see that your people have been here before and they left their marks in very uh. different ways. Um, and people recognize that. Uh, and I think more so as a Black woman, for example, when I went to Italy, a lot of it's more fetishization if uh, being honest like it's not so much racism anymore it's more fetishization like they see you and they're like oh my gosh like you must be a part of destiny's child and it's like right and, and we're specifically talking about europe right yes we're specifically talking about europe <laughs> or sometimes they'd be like michelle obama bro, yeah obama. <laughs> or like when i went to china yeah, like yeah. When I China, they thought that all the black boys play basketball because they were tall. Like, yeah. it's more so when you go to different countries, most of their ideas of black people come from social media and culture at this point. 
Um, so if they see a black girl, like a lot of the stuff is fetishization. That's the main thing that comes from it. Um, and not saying that the same protocols of being safe at night as a woman don't still reign true. Um, because as a woman, like that's just your main concern anywhere is being safe. But um, also when you start to travel alone, the main things I do is research. I research the places that other black specifically, if you are black and brown, specifically where have black women traveled alone before? Like which places are safe for us to go? Um, and starting there, when I went to Santorini on a solo trip, like I had to do research and not saying that that trip went exceptionally perfect because I didn't know that I need to get a rental car and small stuff like that. But you also have to be open to talking to people like and not really closing yourself off to experiences um, because when you are a solo traveler, like your best friend is going to be strangers. It's going to be people in the town that showed me around that didn't know my name and I needed help getting there. And they were just like, okay, let me show you. And they didn't want anything for it. Like they did not want nothing from it, but to just show me their city and to make me feel a part of it. Yeah. And to that point, because Liv and I both have also done our fair, have been privileged and, and blessed enough to be able to do our fair share of traveling too. And I think really what we connected so much with you is that it was also such um, a pivotal time for self-discovery for ourselves as well. And I love that you speak to, you know, the ties to your own spiritual journey, but also just, you know, think, you know, taking it even deeper that, you know, whether you're traveling in group solo with a family, you know, it just teaches you so much about yourself to those little moments of like, I'm not a detail oriented person, you know what I mean? Or like, there are certain things that you don't realize that you're like, actually, I'm really picky about a hostel versus a hotel or an Airbnb, or like, you start to learn stuff about yourself that I think to what you speak about, like, what resonates with your Sag energy is just the experiential piece of it. And like, I know for myself, and I did semester at sea was kind of my like, I traveled like to Latin America with my and South America with uh, my family. But I hadn't done like a lot of like across the in Europe or um, in in um, in Africa a lot of travel there, but that was really when I started doing my own and had so many of those self-discovery moments. And I know you talk a lot too about, you know, wanting to bridge that opportunity for people where they can see travel, not just as, you know, Liv and I are always a big advocate for the black luxury lifestyle and getting to see and experience and live those things. But talk a little bit about like how you see it as an entry point for a lot of like self-healing and and yeah. like self-discovery and how like that's really too such a big part of what you're trying to make accessible for people. Cause I think and Liv, you can maybe chime in too about how your broad experience was transformational for you as well. And just like how that too as black women, you know, I think just a little bit of what you're bringing to light of like you learn so much about history and context in these concepts that are beyond just the, the American experience or the Black American experience. And that really strips down to a level of humanity. And I think for Black women, in a weird way, that's like when I feel most seen, when I can just like move in these beautiful spaces and just like feel so much of just like the grandeur of like a Black woman's experience. So I really want to make that connection of like, 
travel teaching and being such a moment of self-discovery that can lead to self-healing and how that really helps us as Black women live a more harmonious life. Yes. Um, I feel like the beautiful part that I learned when I was traveling is that being Black while traveling is kind of like a pro. Um, like when I was abroad, a lot of the not to be shaming everyone or anyone, but a lot of the pickpocketing, robbing experiences that we heard studying abroad were mostly from our white counterparts on the trip. Um, because as a black person, like you blended in <laughs> because there were people from Morocco that were there. People thought you were innate until you probably opened your mouth. Um, but you really did blend in. And I think that the more I traveled, especially like when I went to Paris, even this year, um, you realize how like interconnected like black people are no matter where we are. <laughs> um, like we still, I went to Paris and like they're over here singing Back in Blood by Pooh Shiesty. And it's like, how did you guys know about Pooh right. <laughs> um, Or like you're in London and you're hearing people like singing Little Baby and you're like, how did you guys, you guys right. like Little Baby too? Or you just really kind of understand the interconnectedness of, of us all. Like, like just being honest, like the same type of stuff that we like to do in the States as Black people, all Black people everywhere like to do the same things. Um, and I think that was super healing because you realize that you're like never alone. Like right. you'll be walking down the street and you'll see a Black person and you'll be like, hello. And they'll be like, hi, because it's just like, we're both Black. Like when I went to Amalfi, um, there was a black girl that we just saw on the street and we were like, ah, and she was like, ah, and I was like, we're both black and we're both here. And we just started talking because we're both black and we're like in Amalfi, like where there's no right. black people. Um, and she was from Canada, like she wasn't even from the States and she was just traveling and she was just like, I thought there wasn't any other black people here either. And I was like, well, hello, other black person. Like I'm here too. Um, and you realize that you're really not alone. Um, a lot of the same struggles that we face, like our other Black counterparts in other countries do too, not to the same extent, maybe a little bit more, but we're all connected and it really does make you not feel alone. And I right. feel like that is very healing um, to not feel isolated. Yeah, uh, same. I, I experienced the same experience when I was in... Spain as well. I studied abroad in Spain and Ghana. And the difference between the two, I would say, was that in Spain, I really learned how to slow down. And I realized just how much we may overwork ourselves in yeah. America, right? Like that's that's yes. really the main takeaway. If I could just say it in a sentence, that we it, when you're when you're in Spain and you see how their culture moves, um, with the with the goal to just live and not working to live but living I mean I mean not, I mean looking not living to work but working to live you know what I mean yeah it definitely changes your entire like perspective on how much energy you're giving into things that you really don't care about that much back home in the states but in Ghana that was really where I feel like I felt at home I felt at home yeah. I felt like it was this weird um, energy, especially as I'm learning about the history and learning about the slave trade and, you know, just how pivotal Ghana, like, you know, 
the yeah. the Ghanaian coast was in in that process um and so through both of those experiences I each time I travel I feel like I learn a different dimension about who I am and what I want to do and that's why I think it's so amazing that you're helping other people that look just like us you know and and that come from Atlanta you know what I mean like the streets of Atlanta to bringing them across the globe and giving them experience that will also help them you know in their own self-discovery journey and their own healing journey because traveling like you were saying before can be such a healing experience um especially when you haven't been exposed to different cultures and and you're learning more about yourself and I think Liv, that makes me think a little bit about my own experience too. I think the biggest lesson I learned while being abroad was like how to cultivate inner peace. Because mm. especially with like, and I'm sure too, when you're, when you like make a big, when you make a big trip, because I'm convinced that there's like three different types of travel. I'm convinced there's like luxury, relaxing, there's mm. family travel, like you're under requirements, you're going to be having mandatory family fun. And then there's like historical and like learning and immersive experiences yes. where you're like, I'm going for three months. I don't want to talk to nobody solo dolo. If you see me, you know, I want to learn. I want to be immersed. But for myself, especially for my broad experience, bopping to so many countries in such a short stint, you saw so many juxtapositions and so many similarities that I, and I was never alone. I literally lived on a ship with 500 other student college students. It was insane. I literally did not have a day alone for sick, like for a good couple of months. And for me, it was really being like, I told people, I was like, from like the beaches in Vietnam to the streets in India, like I knew how to quiet my own mind. Like I knew how to like re- it's funny, we were talking about grounding, reground myself. Like, and it's so interesting because sometimes I think we get caught up in those practices when it's quiet, like when our when our environment is that, but it was something really powerful for me to be like, even in situations I have no control over, I can always come back to myself and I can always have that moment. And that to me just awoken, honestly, like I think a new level of confidence in how I showed up as a black woman, because then I was like, oh, Ain't nobody can really tell me anything like about myself. Like I know, I know what I can do. Like I can navigate the streets of Dubai. Like, you know what I mean? Like so I, can, I can, yeah, I can find the mountaintops in, you know, in India. Like it can, it could be anything. And so um that was such a pivotal shift for me. Um because and then I see that translating and it sparked a curiosity because I think what's another misconception about travel is that you have to go global but yeah. there's something too about I came back home and for the past couple of years since I've done a lot of my travel I've been focused on like let me put the same energy into my own area like my own region like let me travel the south let me travel you know I, I was I think I was telling Liv I was like Liv I'm like so perplexed by like the midwest I was like I need to go see it like I need to go see Mount Rushmore I was like because that's crazy yeah. I was like we yeah. really put white president like white men president faces in the side of a sacred mountain I'm like I or even the <laughs> like 
part of it was because, Imani, to your point, people in other countries had so many misconceptions about the United States. And I realized how little I had seen myself. Like, they were like, oh, have you been, have you been here? Have you been there? And I'm like, no, I haven't. <laughs> so I think that's another piece of it is that to the accessibility of this to other Black women, I think travel is such a mindset and that curiosity and I think it starts you know it can it travel can be such a proxy but I genuinely think you can engage with that mindset in any place and that's what I love about so much of what you're about of just being like engaging in that domestically internationally like it is accessible to you um, and it can really transform your life and I think that that's like it resonates so deeply to like what my experience has been yeah like even on my page now like when I'm posting like daily low fares or whenever I post low fares, a lot of times they're domestic fights. Um, and the reason I do that is because you don't have to go international to have like this mind changing experience. Sometimes it just takes like one kid from Chicago that's never been outside of their city at all going to LA and being like, there's more than just what I see outside of my window every day. Um, it's just the idea of knowing that there's more than what you can see. And that's what I feel like traveling does is that you can go to Nevada and see the Grand Canyon and be in tears because you're just seeing God's work in your own country. Like God made this and he did all this. And like, there's so many, or like when I'm driving to Atlanta and I'm doing drives, drives are awesome too. Um, that's another transportation method when you're traveling. If you do a drive, you're going through the Appalachian Mountains and you're just like, well, we had mountains and like there's mountains here too. Um, and I think like that's a huge part of understanding travel is that like when you do get to do international travel, for example, um, just like you were talking about those grounding factors, a lot of them that kind of slowed me down being abroad was just like trying really good food. <laughs> when you come back you understanding the importance of authentic food like there's so many processes that we could slow down like I learned how to make orange juice from scratch like I started to enjoy making orange juice from home I started to change how I even grocery shop like I only shop at farmer's markets now because now I understand of authentic and fresh quality food being of inside of your food and how important and how that changed my body um when you're not kind of stuck in the American FDA and all the different protocols for our food, when you're kind of tasting what a real tomato tastes like, when you're walking uh, down the street and you can pull an orange and it's just like, this is fresh, you start to appreciate the little things where it's just like, I can do that anywhere. There's places out there. I started this year just going to coffee shops. Like I love coffee. And like my step, my host dad was like from Brazil. Mm -hmm. and they would have like authentic Brazilian coffee and I was just like now things that I brought back from there is that every day like after our podcast I'm gonna go and take myself to a coffee shop because I love trying coffee and we love that for you and it's absolutely I guess the little things that I think um when you get to travel like you realize for one like when you go to I went to Costa Rica and Costa Rica is really close and I think even, and I can't wait to go to Africa, um, because I think when you start to travel just in general, you just get to understand how much all this material stuff doesn't matter. <laughs> right, of um, course. And you start to realize that it's like good food and good people and like good energy that really matters. 
and minimal and minimalism as well because you can't take it all with you right you can't take it all with you like I when I got home I got myself a duffel and like I'll just pack everything in that one duffel whatever can fit because we only pay him we're not paying to check in bags, baby. We just have to carry on. <laughs> the tell easy, the tell easy. Okay, whatever fits in the carry on is going with me, and that's just it. We're just gonna have to reduce, reuse, recycle. Um, but also thinking about the impact, like when I think about the scholarship that I did, the girl who wanted that's- she wanted to go back to Senegal and she wanted to create like a hotel or like a housing place for people that come and visit Senegal for the first time. Let's get into the scholarship. Let's get into the scholarship, right? Because that's huge. You don't see a lot of people our age creating scholarships for other people to have those sorts of opportunities. So like, how did that, how did that idea come up? And, you know, what did it look like for the first net one? So uh, the idea came up. So this year I was thinking about ways that I could give back. Um, Mm -hmm. When I went to Spelman, I went to Spelman on a community service-based scholarship. So community service has always been near and dear to my heart. Um, I actually have an event to go to tonight for it. Like I love giving back. Um, I love helping people. Um, And when I was thinking about it, I was like, I know I care to young people. And the issue with us being young is money. Having a lot of people want to travel, but they just don't have the money to do it. The accessibility to funds to travel. Um, And... So I was just like, one way that I could alleviate that is by creating a $500 scholarship. And this was also a part of me being vulnerable because this was the first time that I, I remember one of my Spelman sisters, I told, like I made a post about me putting it out there. One of my Spelman sisters reached out to me and she was like, I want to give you money for your scholarship. And as a person that struggles to ask for help, um, it was really alleviating to see that people just wanted to help me because they supported what I was doing. Um, And after she was like, I want to give X amount to your scholarship. I was just like, well, why don't I just put it out there and ask people if they want to help? And I was surprised by how many of my friends actually donated to help make the scholarship feasible. Um, and so once I got to $500, me and my mom sat down, I made the application. Um, I put it out and like, at first, like no one <laughs> was applying. And I was like, I got free money y'all like <laughs> coming. Right. Um, and like, no one was re- like, I had to extend the deadline so many times. Cause I barely mm. had like, any people that wanted to do it. Um, and then like, the last day I had like 13 recipients that wanted to like try and apply. And now I'm sitting here like, whoa, now how am I going to choose right. from 13 people? Like, I wish I had $500 to give every single one of you. Um, and as I was going through it, it was really hard. Like there were a lot of applicants that had so many different reasons for travel because travel is used for so many different things. Right. Um, and I think I chose the recipient that I did um, because I was thinking about global impact. Um, and I know we can always start small, but I was thinking about ways that we can bridge our lives here to our lives in Africa. Like how can we bridge this African, this African diaspora that we have? Um, and how can we bring people back home? And that we're not saying like home is also not the states because we were here too <laughs> but 
um, how can we kind of bridge that gap that's kind of there? Um, because there's a lot of stigmas that African-Americans have about Africans, which are just like, why don't you just go see them? <laughs> why don't you just go see each other? Um, and there's a lot of stigmas that people have about their own people. And it's just like, before I try to debunk these stigmas we have about like people that aren't within our culture, let's try and debunk the stigmas that we have about one another. Like, let's get people to go see one another um, and go to Senegal and be like, well, you look like my cousin and be like, yeah, because we all, yeah, that's the point. Um, so I gave her the scholarship and she was really wanted to go to Senegal because um, she went there for like with her friends for New Year's and it was fun and it was a few places they could travel. They felt with their blackness and like without being judged or worse. Um, and they wanted to go to Africa, but they didn't know where to stay or what to do. Um, and she wanted to take care of all of them. She was saying so that they can come experience Senegal and gain a new perspective, like the whole idea of travel. And she was like, I want to buy and build something for these people to come to stay at when they visit. Um, and I really resonated with it because I was just like, I understand the need and the want for wanting people to come and see what you saw so they can experience the same thing you can. And I would love to help you do that. It's so incredible to hear you talk about this too, because it is so much about the community of it. And it's it's so incredible. And that's why I think this conversation is just awe-inspiring and so important because you're like to a T living out all of your core values. And this to us is really what being in flow looks like and what it looks like then to invest in community that is also holding down those values of that like yes you can be a mogul monetizing the things that you love and bringing other people along with you and guiding them in that process too and knowing that it's so much a part of your own journey too about being connected with other people and you know in a weird way this does remind me too because it's like this is where I in my travels is where I learned about Ubuntu in South Africa which is really just the concept of I am because you are and our interconnectedness of it all and so um, just hearing how not only you've been able to live and embody that in your own life but then also invest in others who are also committed to that like literally fills my heart with so many warm fuzzies it's probably gross but <laughs> I just think that so many people are I hope so many people are inspired to really start to think about how they want to integrate or continue to invest in travel in their own life and how they want to use that as a catalyst to cultivate community um, to make bridges like you've mentioned and I'm just so thankful that we've been able to have you on as a guest to kind of share space and to share your insights with the Black Girl Flow community and obviously before we um, start closing out the episode we always have a question for our guests um, which is what does it mean to be um, in flow to you? What does it mean to be in flow to me? <clears throat> it means to follow my heart. Um, I have a saying that I live by faith, not fear. And a lot of the ideas of following your heart is going to be based on faith because some of those things that your heart tells you to do doesn't make sense. Um, God speaks to us all individually. He gives us all our special assignment and 
we have to trust that he's not lying to us when he gives it to us. Um, and we have to have the faith to do that. So I feel like I'm in flow when I'm not gatekeeping, number one, because I don't believe in gatekeeping. We're over the years of gatekeeping. Um, I feel like I'm in flow when I am giving and receiving love. Um, and when I'm really listening to God and I'm obedient to what he puts on my heart, um, because that's the only way I know is to follow my heart. It's got me this far and it's going to get me much further. Um, just believing in this little thing in my chest. <laughs> um, so I just like encourage everybody to like follow their heart. I know you guys did that with this podcast. Um, cause it was just something that your heart was calling you to do. And like, I encourage everybody to listen to what your heart tells you. Cause you know, he or she isn't telling you wrong. Um, he or she is kind of trying to fill you. So listen to it. That was so beautifully said. Oh my gosh. This has been honestly having this conversation and I'm sure for other people, it just brings like a flood of travel memories, right? Like I hope that this conversation sparks that question of like, how did I feel when I traveled? And like, when's the last time I traveled or where's a place if I haven't traveled before that I'd really like to go to, you know? And like Imani said, like there's scholarships out there. Are you planning on bringing your scholarship back this year or, um, you know, in the future doing, making it a recurring thing? Yeah. So um, I'm going to do like an annual scholarship each year. Um, and so next year I'll probably do another one. I want to do one more towards the graduation seasons. Um, this time I kind of did it during the summer, but I want to gear it towards graduates in May so they can use this as their first, like jump off the porch, go see the world, get out there. Don't be afraid. Cause that's what I did this year. Once I graduated right. I, I went back to Europe and I went with my cousin and we just traveled around and it was like beautiful. Um, just thinking all the things that we did, all the people we met. Um, and so I definitely want to bring it back. Um, I definitely want black women to get out there. I want them to do everything they want. I want y'all to get out there and date different people in different countries. Right. Right. Okay. Have, all those, have all of those fire sign experiences, yes. right? Just, just <laughs> tap into our inner fire sign and be adventurous. Can you drop your socials for people that are looking to keep up with you? And also so that they can like see when you drop that scholarship. Cause again, yeah. like your money. We, we need, we need more people aware of these sort of opportunities, especially our people. So go ahead and drop your socials and um, yes. give the people what they want. So our Instagram is, well, my Instagram, I don't know why I say R, um, but it's Mogulmani, M-O-G-U-L, double underscore, Mani, M-A-N-I, and that's on Instagram. And on TikTok, it's the same thing. You can go there and see all of the different things you need to see, but that's definitely everything. So on TikTok, it's one underscore. It's not two. So it's Mogamani with one underscore. Um, and then on Instagram, it's two. So. Amazing. And again, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. This was, again, such a like amazing experience. So Thank you, and to all of our guests listening, thank you all as well. And that is all that we have for you today, folks. 
So we are signing off with peace, love, and blessings. Bye, y'all. All right, that wraps up our episode this week. Don't forget to go check out Black Girl Flow Podcast on social media. And even check out our new YouTube channel to continue the conversation there. We really appreciate if y'all could rate and subscribe our channel. And with that said, see you all next time. Rest well, folks.